Welcome back to Courtside, and today's episode was supposed to be an episode previewing the NBA season for this upcoming season. Um, you know, we're about less than a month away with the first game coming up on October 18th for the regular season for the NBA, as well as a lot of these teams starting off their training camps, as well as their media day, I believe, a lot of them on the Monday of next week. However, with all the recent news that's been going on in the front office side of things and a lot of these NBA franchises, and none of them for a positive reason. I mean, this episode will be solely on what exactly has been going on in this week. From Robert Sarver now selling his team after uh, making racist and also misogynist remarks towards some of his employees as well as players on the Phoenix Suns. And then, you know, today we have a press conference from the Boston Celtics. And they had Brad Stevens, who's the uh, president of basketball operations of the Boston Celtics, as well as Wick Grosbeck, who's the co-owner and really the majority owner of the uh, Boston Celtics as well, sitting down with the media after they have suspended head coach Ime Odoka after his one year, which his single year with the Boston Celtics ended up going to the NBA Finals. Now he is suspended for an entire NBA season after a consensual relationship with a female staff member on the Boston Celtics and again this press conference that they had we're going to go into it this episode the majority of this episode will be based on that press conference and of course I'll also go into as well the uh, Robert Sarver side of things for the Phoenix Suns at the end however we didn't get a lot from this press conference but we did get at least a little bit that we'll have for this season for the Boston Celtics so that will be the basis for this episode and more or less, we'll be having more episodes coming out sooner than later for a preview of the NBA season. But thank you again for joining in. This episode of the Courtside Podcast is brought to you by YouTube channels Highway Temptation and Captain Barbo, who make content on YouTube weekly. And if you're a huge Sonic fan, I suggest Highway Temptation's channel because they are doing right now a series on going over and rating all the Sonic games that were ever made. And if you're into Dark Souls or anything where you just want a quick laugh, uh, Captain Barbara has great content as well on YouTube. So don't forget those two channels. And then as well, to follow the Courtside Podcast on any streaming device you have for podcasting. To give you the details specifically about this press conference from the Boston Celtics earlier today, uh, let's look back at actually the timeline of the last 48 hours. And yes, this is, has been going on for the past 48 hours of all this news coming out and all these rumors going all over Twitter. However, on the late night's of Wednesday, uh, Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN ended up tweeting out at leaked information that the Boston Celtics were possibly going to be doing disciplinary actions against coach Ime Odoka, which would have included suspending him potentially for the entire 2022 and 2023 season. Uh, and then from that information alone, a lot of people started making rumors on Twitter. Uh, Twitter hands started moving quick before anybody in the media was able to talk to the Boston Celtics specifically. Uh, so there was talks about possible gambling on games for the team, possible talks about a sexual relationship, harassment within the organization, and a lot of questions about the culture of the Boston Celtics. And then Adrian Wojnarowski uh, yesterday, specifically on Thursday, the 22nd, of September. He ends up tweeting out more information on specifically the details of what exactly uh, Ime did. And apparently it was going to be a suspension for his role in a consensual relationship with a female staff member. Uh, So this is now 
continually with rumors, right? Because, you know, Emi Odoka is in a relationship with Nia Long, his wife. And now we're seeing that apparently Emi has cheated on her with a staff member on the Boston Celtics. And now a lot of questions are going in exactly who is it. So a lot of names have been spewed back and forth throughout Twitter and social media of female staff members. And it's been really a horrible experience for the Boston Celtics themselves. Uh, as they have a really talented female staff on that organization. So they ended up having their own press conference to address specifically the suspension itself, the situation, and exactly what will be happening moving forward uh, with the Boston Celtics for the 2022-2023 season. And to start off the uh, the press conference, Grossbeck, the co-owner and majority owner of the Boston Celtics, starting off with a statement saying that uh, they were made aware of this, uh, I believe, of the actions going on in July, uh, which would probably be in the timeline of right a month after the Boston Celtics trip to the NBA Finals, which they ended up losing in six games. So this was made aware to the front office in July. Uh, they apparently had uh, two law firms, respected law firms in the Boston area that ended up doing a further uh, investigation. And uh, there was a lot of twists and turns, uh, Grossbeck said, and apparently uh, it was made public the information of the end results of this investigation two days ago uh, to ownership as well as the executives of the Boston Celtics. And that's from there they made as, quote, a gut instinct uh, about their suspension of an entire season. And probably what some might say definitely an act by Coach Ime Odoka, which is worthy enough of himself getting fired from the organization, especially uh, in the NBA, the way that the league is being made right now, uh, not tolerating anything from sexual assault or let alone anything that goes against female staff members of the NBA and their organizations and teams. But that was specifically how Grosbeck described his decision, that it was a gut feeling after a specific time of investigating exactly what was going on and all the things that have transpired over this relationship with the head coach and a Boston Celtics female staff member. And later on in the meeting itself, in the press conference, there was other things that were talked about, but unfortunately they didn't go into any more specifics based on privacy reasons. Uh, they didn't name the specific staff member, uh, which had this consensual relationship with Emi Odoka, nor did they, talk about a potential future uh, with Coach Adoka because specifically he is suspended for the entire season coming up this year. However, uh, the front office and the Boston Celtics are yet to decide exactly if they would keep him after the suspension or exactly how would the future with Adoka be with the franchise. Uh, however, we did get some information coming out from Brad Stevens as well about who would be taking over the reins on the bench, uh, specifically replacing uh, Coach Adoka as the interim head coach. And Joe Mazula ends up being the guy for the Boston Celtics, who actually was the head coach uh, for the G League team that they had used to call the uh, main Red Claws. Now it's called the main Celtics. Uh, however, the former Red Claws coach, who ended up joining the bench, I believe, around in 2019. I might be mistaken by that. However, he is now going to be the interim head coach 
for the Boston Celtics, and he was a huge piece. I believe they even had Jason Tatum talk about Joe uh, for a moment during the finals run, I believe, uh, during the media press time. I believe Game 3, Game 4, when they're in... Um, when they're now in Boston, I believe they were talking about Joe there. However, Tatum had nothing but praise for Joe. So they'll end up getting a coach that the players are, of course, you know, they know very well. And the franchise is very, very, uh, from Barrett Stevens' perspective, uh, has the right guy because he's far from any other coach right now in the coaching carousel, let alone the organization that is worthy of the job to be the head coach for the Boston Celtics this upcoming season. And there was small talk. There was small talk of potentially Brad Stevens moving away from his president of basketball operations role and actually possibly interiming uh, for this season as the head coach. Uh, as you know, Brad Stevens actually was the head coach in 2014, all the way up to after the bubble when he uh, took over for Danny Ainge uh, for president operations. But Brad Stevens kind of shot that out of the water and said that Joe by a landslide was probably the best option for them at the moment. And as I mentioned before, there's not a lot of details that we got from this press conference specifically on the situation of the suspension. And, you know, this is coming from a month where Emil Doka is not only being suspended, but as well Robert Williams III, the uh, main starting center for the Boston Celtics, who is second all-team defense in the NBA, is now going to be injured for the majority part of the beginning of the season. So the Celtics, without their head coach for an entire year, obviously without, you know, a starting guy in Robert Williams for the first few games, which shouldn't be an issue. However, the main picture right now is the Boston Celtics organization. The main picture is that is this potentially just scraping the iceberg of something that's more to come. Because we didn't get a lot of information about this from this press conference of the situation with Ime. And of course, I understand, as I mentioned before earlier in this podcast, it's all based on privacy reasons. You know, they don't want to have the names of these said employees that were in part of the relationship to be made public. Because obviously Twitter has gone to really have the entire set of the organization in a grip. Especially the female staff members, as Brad Stevens was actually saying just earlier part in the press conference to address immediately uh, the things that they cannot control on Twitter. Uh, however, he, you know, he was very teary-eyed and it felt like a very, um, you know, close to the heart reaction for Brad Stevens when he was talking about the talent that he has in the female staff of the Boston Celtics. And he ended up taking that to heart. So they want to be able to keep all those names who were a part of this investigation, a part of this a consensual relationship or anything that was been revolving around email private uh, for understandable reasons. But of course, you know, with time, I can only imagine that more information will come out. I mean, who knows? 10 years, 20 years, 15 years, maybe even later on this season, who knows? But at the moment, we don't have a lot of information about the actions of that consensual relationship and let alone if there's anything more to it because from what we got from also the press conference when there was a reporter that was asking about, oh, was there more violations? I mean, can you talk about the specific violations? Apparently, there is multiple of them. However, they did not go into discussion about exactly what they were specifically. And that could raise 
many questions, right? Because exactly, we don't really know. I mean, we do know that he was a part of a, of a consensual relationship. However, was it something where it was excessive? Was it something where this was a daily routine? Uh, we just don't know the specific details about Ime's situation. But that was kind of the basis of the press conference itself. They went over exactly who would be taking up that new job for as the interim head coach for this upcoming NBA season for the Boston Celtics, Ime's future, of course, the decision itself to suspend him for an entire year. Uh, they also did mention as well, uh, not specifically if Ime was or was not going to be paid uh, while suspended. However, they did say there might be a potential financial fine going against him as well. So uh, from that financial fine, which is yet to be given a specific number, that plus a suspension for Ime Odoka for an entire year for the NBA. And from my own personal reaction from that, uh, this is definitely an act that is worthy enough to get fired for. This is definitely something that I think the NBA does not tolerate, nor does the Boston Celtics tolerate. Hence, of course, a suspension for an entire year. But I'm more or less surprised. And of course, I understand, you know, especially in the media, especially, you know, from the world view, it's hard to say that let's fire this guy after one year of him being the, the head coach of the Boston Celtics. He ends up bringing us to a championship where they haven't seen since 2010, at least appearing in the NBA Finals. It's hard to say that let's just fire him, right? But at the end of the day, in the NBA, in recent history, especially within the past two to three years, consensual or not, it's definitely something that the NBA does not tolerate at all, nor does the Boston Celtics as a franchise. So if you ask me, it's definitely big enough for him to get fired. I don't know the exact details of everything. This is only in the past 48 hours after a press conference that JC gave you everything that you wanted to know that we already did. But that's the timeline so far about Emil Doka and the Boston Celtics being suspended for the 2022-2023 season. And then after the press conference, we have more information on specifically his suspension, uh, potentially coming with a financial fine. So that will basically wrap up the email Doka saga part of this episode for now. Now we change gears into the Robert Sarver part of the NBA news cycle. And this one is, if not identical, but similar to the Donald Sterling story, which came out before with the former Clippers owner making racist remarks. Sarver, who was actually fined by the NBA $10 million, as well as given a one-year suspension from the Phoenix Suns ownership, as well as executive moves, is now deciding to sell his franchises. And that is including, of course, the Phoenix Suns, but as well as the WNBA team of Phoenix, the Phoenix Mercury. And this was all due to the fact that Sarver ended up saying racist as well as misogynic remarks towards not only the players of the Phoenix Suns as well as former coaches, but even those in his own executive offices. That's right, even his own staff in the front offices of the Phoenix Suns who are coming out to the public, specifically to ESPN, I believe, in a story that came out about 10 months ago in 2021 about... Even Sarver, for one instance, he had a picture of his wife, I believe, in a bikini, and he was passing this picture around the office, you know, saying how do the people like it, how do people, you know, thought of the image and all that stuff. 
And then when that came out to be public, Sovereign ended up making a statement saying that it was for marketing, specifically showing off a new uh, merchandise. And then they were asking for people's response or if they're interested or whatnot in, in its statement. And then also from, and this is actually one of the more craziest stories, I think, from the whole Sarver uh, remarks that is just a line, a line that goes probably for miles of exactly how much this guy's even, you know, done wrong with this organization. Earl Watson, who was the former head coach of the Phoenix Suns, I believe around 2015, 2016, around that time period, he recalls a specific game against the Golden State Warriors where Draymond Green, the, uh, you know, all-star and champion uh, power forward from the Golden State Warriors, Draymond ended up saying the N-word on the court, however, was not fined or anything like that. And there was the discussion after the game between Sarver and Watson about this word, uh, the N-word. Earl was saying, and Earl himself is a black Hispanic, uh, was saying that you cannot say that, and Sarver's kept on saying, why not? Why not? Uh, and that in itself, to me, is just insane to even say that to not only your head coach, but also to an individual with Hispanic background as well that is black. So this in itself... I mean, this is more or less writing on the wall. Uh, Adam Silver, I honestly thought he was going to be forcing Sarver to sell the team, similar to what we saw with Donald Sterling. Um, but Sarver ends up, you know, under the heat, ends up going off and selling it on his own terms. So the real question is exactly, how much will the Phoenix Suns go for? I mean, this is a team with not only Devin Booker, young cast of players, recent success in the NBA, but... I was also listening to the Bill Simmons podcast earlier today, and he kind of phrased it as one of the top eight franchises to own, the Phoenix Suns. Because, you know, Phoenix, loyal fan base, you're just basically that entire state to you, and you're about an hour away from Los Angeles, about an hour and a half away from the Bay Area, so you can even get everybody out there from the West Coast. Um, but with the way that the NBA teams are going right now, I would not be surprised if the price tag for the Phoenix Suns is going to hit $4 billion. And this might be something that we will probably see now later on with NBA franchises coming up in potential locations such as Seattle again, or even Las Vegas, uh, just because, you know, high populated areas, great fan bases potentially, and the best part about it, they are financially able to keep up with an NBA team. And I think the NBA will make sure the price tags always go up for their franchises. I think that not only the drama, but as well as the prominence of the Phoenix Suns currently right now. I mean, they even got history too. Uh, Charles Barkley in the 90s and, you know, obviously Steve Nash, two-time MVP. So it's not like the Phoenix Suns are some sort of franchise where you have to wait a couple of years for them to really get some sort of prominence. They are ready to go to be sold and I'm telling you right now, don't quote me on this. However, $4 billion would probably be the asking price. I'd be surprised and shocked if the price tag will be evaluated at a lower price range than $4 billion. But $4 billion has got to be that price. Uh, but besides the, that news, because I kind of went through all the negative side of the news cycle in the NBA with the EMA suspension as well as the Sarver selling the team and, of course, the whole... Uh, drama that goes on with that but 
In lighter sense of news, Andre Iguodala is coming back for a 19th season with the Golden State Warriors. It is news. It is NBA news. <laughs> but it's definitely uh, not the front page of what's going on in the NBA. So on the lighter side of things, I think I'm going to end the podcast like that uh, with the Andre Iguodala news. You know, the Golden State Warriors bringing back that veteran probably for the last season uh, for Andre Iguodala. I think he also told Stephen Curry over his announcement on a podcast with Evan Turner that hey, this is it. It's my last year. Not gonna, it's not going to see me again, Steph. Uh, so I'm going to end the podcast on that. But just to recap, what's going on in the NBA, Emi Odoka, the Boston Celtics, suspended for the entire 2022-2023 season. Uh, going to be potentially getting some financial fines as well later on. Uh, owner Sarver of the Phoenix Suns and as well as the Phoenix Mercury will be selling his team after uh, a fine by the NBA of $10 million, as well as a one-year suspension away from his team uh, due to racist and misogynist remarks within the organization. So thank you again for joining on to Courtside for this episode. We'll be coming out soon with more episodes. As we know, the NBA season is coming back. It's finally here. It's finally here. So we'll be probably having a preview of the NBA season of what teams to look for, what exactly do we get from all these news cycles of the EMA news, the Sarver news, and of course, if Carmelo Anthony is even going to find a team. So look out for more episodes in the future, and thank you.